Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, September 18th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. We come to you three times a week and we try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Today we are so happy to have the Reverend Matt Goodale here with us. But before we get to the discussion, let us begin with prayer. O triune God, let us not be afraid of the silence with you. May we be attuned to your work in the world. May we be willing to respond to your word in our lives. Amen. Our scripture reading is from Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, verses four through nine. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Joining us today is Matt Goodale. He is the senior pastor at Cheney Congregational Church. He's a good friend of mine. We went to school together. He's one of the better linguists I know. And so I'm thrilled to have him on the show to talk today. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brad. It's good to be here. Matt also indulges my deep love of fantasy. And so that, that has not, that's not relevant at all, but I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> it's always relevant. Always relevant. Matt, what do you think the benefit is for us learning Hebrew words? Why are Presbyterians and other pastors required to take the original languages that scripture was written in? Oh, I, I love that question, uh, partially because I'm a huge Bible nerd, and <laughs> I, uh, I confess to enjoy reading Hebrew and Greek in my free time. Um, so I like the question and I in coming up with a response, I think I oscillate between wanting to say two things. Um, the first is I, I, I do think biblical languages are very important, but I, but I want to add a caveat to that. that I think sometimes when we talk about, uh, you know, reading scripture in its original languages, uh, I, I'll hear people imply things such as uh, almost as if reading it in the original languages there's some like esoteric knowledge or some hidden secret wisdom that, you know, us or you know, that regular lay Christians don't give. They don't read yeah. the original language, which, um, yeah, I, I take issue with that because I, I think, you know, our, our faith is centered on, you know, the incarnation, right? The, the translation of word into flesh of mm-hmm. God into man. And I think, uh, that this is centered in how we use scripture too. If we believe scripture is inspired, I think it's inspired, as it's translated as well, that yeah. is translatable. Um, that being said, I, I, I do think that, that biblical languages are, are, are important because I, I was trying to think of, of, of analogy for this and 
one came to mind. You'll have to let me know what you think of it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking about like watching a movie in, uh, in black and white versus in color. Mm. Um, you know, uh, watching a movie in black and white being equivalent of maybe reading scripture in, in English as opposed to reading it in the original languages in color. And uh, you, know, you can watch a movie in black and white and you, you understand what's going on. You don't, you don't miss anything, right? You understand the plot. You don't miss anything. Um, necessarily but but once you maybe watch that same film in color you start to notice things that, that you maybe didn't before um, that there's there's a little more vibrancy to it and a, maybe a little more going on there than you you might have noticed before and so um i don't know i that's something i thought of with in terms of reading scripture in in hebrew and greek that they're i think it understanding the language can help unveil a, a little bit more that's kind of under the surface there that, that we have to dig for that's not as readily available in English. Yeah. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think of that? Yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's a fantastic analogy for, for what you're going at. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned a misnomer at the beginning. And I think another misnomer I hear about the original languages is I've, I've heard some people, you know, when we're really wrestling with what scripture's saying, um, or maybe a contradiction that, that, that scripture, it's like, well, if we can just, if we just read it in the original languages, it mm. all makes sense. And yeah. it's like, oh no, actually it becomes even more ambiguous when, <laughs> yes. when you enter into that world. Uh, there's, there's more clarity and that there's more ambiguity. Kind of yeah. Oh, I, I love that you brought that up because, uh, especially with Hebrew more so than Greek. Uh, man, I, and I do have a love-hate relationship with Hebrew. Sometimes I think it's so beautiful, and other times it's so frustrating because <laughs> the same Hebrew word can mean like five or six different things that, to my mind, have, have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Um, what, you know, the same the Hebrew word, one word, you know, means nose you know, on your face, nose, and anger. Like, how do those go together? Um <laughs> And so, yeah, so I, I think under, or reading in the original languages or at least understanding that there has been a level of translation that happens to put the Bibles that we have in our hands, I think can give us maybe a little more humility hmm. um, in our biblical interpretation. Maybe a, yeah. we can be a little more comfortable. And I think we can hold our interpretations still confidently, but can hold them with, with more of a, an open hand as opposed to a, a clenched fist. Hmm. I love that. I love that analogy. And and so to, to jump into the scripture that we read from Deut Deuteronomy uh, and the word that we focused on uh, this past week is, is Shema. Uh, what can you tell us about this word and why you think it's important in this scripture? Uh, break it down for us. Great question. Um, yeah, Shema, I think, was probably actually the first Hebrew verb I, I ever learned. Yeah. It, uh, it, it occurs all, all over the, the Hebrew Bible or what we know as the Old Testament. It's and, also in the uh, grammar, the you know, regular verb for the paradigm. So I still have nightmares about it, you know, uh, coming back to Shema. Yes. Trying to understand <laughs> Hebrew. Exactly. It all comes back to Shema. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, yeah. But it, but it's this very, very commonplace uh, verb, which most literally means to hear or, or to listen. And, you know, that's how our, our English translations translate it. Um, but, but I think there, there's also understanding the word reveals that there is a, a little more to this word um, that I think in, you know, in, 
in English, you know, when we, when we hear the word hear or to listen, you know, we, we think about it as just, you know, re receiving a message, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I heard what you said, you know, I listened to it. Um, but in Hebrew, uh, there is no real differentiation between uh, listening and, uh, and, and acting upon what, what you have listened to or, or mm -hmm. obeying. It, it, in Hebrew, there's actually, they don't have a word for to obey. Um, mm -hmm. And so if you, know, if you wanted to, in, in Hebrew, say, uh, okay, I, I heard what you said, and I'll obey, I'll do it. Uh, you just say, I shema, I shema you. you know, Interesting. I, I heard you. And um, so, so there's this deeper sense of what it means to actually hear or to actually uh, listen to, to someone in this, in the case of this passage, to, to uh, God, right? Uh -huh. um, and so uh, I think that, that helps illuminate this passage quite a bit and you know, this this passage, which is uh, famously known as the Shema, named after the the first word in Hebrew, right, uh, is you know the equivalent to to Jews as you know the Lord's Prayer is to us as as Christians, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of the, the base of Judaism. Um, you know, hero Israel, the Lord your God is is one, um, and you know do do what I command, love the Lord your God with all your your heart, your soul, your strength. And so I think there's this there's this deeper sense of it's not just hear hear these things and, and believe these things abstractly, but um, but to let them take root in your life so that they lead to a response. Um, yeah, you know, in, in our Reformed tradition, we uh, we love the proclamation of the word, right? That has a central place, the proclamation of the word, um, and you know, there's there's importance on on us hearing the word, right? And hearing God speak through the word. Uh, but a lot of times I, I do, I've noticed it in myself and just American Christianity at large, this kind of differentiation between hearing the word and actually like responding to it. There's almost seems to be like a, a dualism between what I believe theologically or what I hear versus how, how I act or how I live it out. Um, which that, that dualism would not have existed for, for the Hebrew people um, to, to hear and to understand and to believe is to respond as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think about that of, you know, I always have like my headphones in my ears. I'm always listening. I'm always receiving things, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. then, you know, the next, I couldn't tell I received the auditory so much. I couldn't even tell you what I listened to this morning, though. I know I had something mm -hmm. playing. Yeah. Um, and what you're talking about is kind of, um, not that, <laughs> mm -hmm. but something deeper and something further. Yeah. Well, and I think, and you bring up a good point that, you know, we, we live in a society where we're inundated with things all over the place that we need to listen to or that we hear, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally, you know, uh, we're marketed every, every, you know, almost every hour of the day. And, yeah. um, and on top of that, you know, we, the amount of multitasking we try to accomplish, you're constantly you know, swept about by these different things that we're, we're hearing. And so, you know, in, in this passage, there's, uh, there's a synthesis on, on, on listening to, uh, to what the Lord has to say to Israel, um, that, you know, the Lord, your God is, is one that is, you know, his primary is first. And, um, that there's this, this call to, Give uh, all, all of yourself, you know, all of your your strength, your, your very life, um, to this God, um, and you know that, that's seen in you know, the rest of the the passage talking about uh, you know binding it 
um, on themselves, on their writing on their doorposts, that there's a sense of it's important what, what you're listening to, right? Um, and, and being constantly reminded of, of what, what you're taking in. Um, because whether we realize it or not, what we take in, what we listen to does affect how we live and how we respond. Yeah. And a lot of times I, you know, I know for myself, I'm, I'm not always very intentional about what I'm, what I'm taking in, what I'm listening to, what kind of voices, what kind of messages. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful, Matt. I feel like I've learned a lot and I appreciate all the knowledge you brought. Thanks for being on with us. Thanks for having me, Brett. Thank you all for joining us today. Another huge thank you to Reverend Matt Goodale for being on the show and sharing some of his knowledge with us. We hope you all have a good weekend and stay safe out there. We'll be back on Monday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is upon you. Amen.